This is Meet Mitch, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Fuck! Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. And welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originates from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. On your Tuesday evenings, a live fire fun and frivolous show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, and there's a new way I'm going to tell you about here in just a second, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening on the show this evening, coming up in about 12 minutes from now after a momentous debut. He's coming back a month and change later. Owner of Spice Acre Farms here just outside of downtown Cleveland, Chef Ben Biebenroth will be back. And we're going to be talking about something that is always near and dear to my heart. There is never not a good time to have it and eat it. And even at its worst, it's still really good to me. It's got to be really bad to be bad for me when it comes to this food. It is none other than pizza. Ben Biebenroth has a concept pizza joint concept to be redundant. Right here in Cleveland, it's called Boom's Pizza. We were planning on getting to it the first time he was in, but there was such great conversation going on that we never got there. And tonight, we'll be talking about Boom's Pizza. We'll be talking about pizza in general. We'll be talking about pizza memories. We'll be getting pizza tips and tricks and techniques and classifications of pizza and all that fun stuff. So 14 past, Ben Biebenroth will be back on the show. (laughs) Be back. Biebenroth. 35 past the hour, the fourth Tuesday of the month, regular guest in the first hour, Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. And we'll be talking to him about, well, so we got a couple of different things. There were some items that we didn't get to last month that we'll get on. And then uh, leading in before that, we'll talk about some social media hype that has been going on, see if he's been taking a part in it. Also, last month, we talked about how Weber and Traeger had gone public since our previous visit to that in July. And we'll see if there's any updates as far as Traeger and Weber going public. Anything notable that we would want to know about? I'm really on a redundant streak this evening, and that's troubling. 
And then we will get into some other items with Derek. So always good for some late-breaking news or thoughts on the industry as a whole. And that'll close us out in the second or in the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour. And of course, the first Tuesday. <laughs> no. The fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour brings a visit from none other than the embedded correspondence. Oh boy. Do I have a second hour that you just can't believe? So normally it's a great segment or two when we have the embedded correspondence on because three different folks, Doug, John, Rusty, all piling in. We have some agenda items to get through. We're getting various takes in the industry, all that stuff, stuff, you know, all that stuff. Well, tonight brings the month that brings you what? A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. That's right. Greg Rempe reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, the city that breaks the most live fire news when it's breaking across the nation. Nay, the world. What do we know about September in the embedded correspondence? We are going to be debating and then inducting five new members of the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame right this very evening. Come on. And we'll do a little in before that, a little bit, because it's going to be taking a lot of time here to put together a new 2021 class, Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. But before that, we'll be installing a brand new because everybody loves it. We'll do a couple versions of the 100% Assurity picks. Thanks to the email saying how much they love. They want us to just do 100% Assurity picks on anything. So there you have it. Ben Biebenroth, Derek Rich's first hour, embedded correspondent, second hour, as we put in the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame inductees here for 2021. So stay tuned for that. Follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at BBQ Central Show, Snapchat, at BBQ Central Actually, you can do it at BBQ Central Show now because I did change my Snapchat name for live video feed, Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show, also on YouTube slash RD Rempe. Ad-free podcast feed if you want it in two different places after the fact, patreon.com slash BBQ Central or BBQ Central Show, or you can subscribe in the show itself on the Apple Podcast app. Click on the subscription thing and away you go. Here's also some breaking news if you didn't know it. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Because I'm trying to use all of the technology that is currently available and I didn't know you could do it and otherwise I would have tried it sooner. Tonight we are also broadcasting live on Clubhouse. So anyone listening tonight on Clubhouse, because you can't see me, but you can only hear me, know this. And I'm saying this with peace and love. Peace and and love, I'm also and warning love. you with peace I'm and love. You with peace and love. I'm recording all of this. At some point, we will try and mix in some of the uh, folks in Clubhouse to ask questions of the guests. I'm not sure exactly how I can integrate it because I have my own agenda to get through. But it, you know, it's just like a live show. I'll get to you if I can get to you. I want you to listen through Clubhouse if that's your thing. But this is how the Barbecue Central show sounds. If you've never heard it, it's a live production. It's also being recorded, and then it turns into a podcast. So if you want to jump in, John Solberg, who will be on the show in the second hour, which means I have no moderator in the second hour, which means it's going to be very tough for me to get people up on Clubhouse 
onto the show, but I have a way to do it. If you want to, raise your hand, I think, is what you do. And then John will maybe bring you up or keep you muted. At some point, I will go to you and say, hey, do you have a question for so-and-so? And my hope is that the audio fidelity is going to be great. For instance, if anybody is listening right now, I see Daddy Dutch and Brian Hunt is in the clubhouse room. Uh, maybe. Okay. So, uh, 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 John, get him up. Let's do a quick sound check on Daddy Dutch. And then uh, we will uh, immediately execute him so I can get through the rest of the show. Dutch, are you there? Yes, sir, Greg, I am. How are you this evening? Great. It works. Sound quality is good. All right, John, take him off. John, uh, Dutch, I'm sorry. I don't want to do that, but I'm very busy through here. So that works. Good for us. Thank you, Dutch. I appreciate you jumping in as I get through this very quickly. So again, I have to tell you this. I'm recording it. Uh, Dutch, you will be on podcast tomorrow. And you will hear it. And I know I have to warn everybody about that because Clubhouse typically doesn't record, but I'm using Club Deck, blah, blah, blah. So I'm recording. It's live. I'm recording you. I'm recording you. I'm recording you. And I'm also recording you. Now, now that we have that out of the way, I did get a small handful of emails last Tuesday and through the rest of this past week asking why I had the American Royal winner on the show last Tuesday, you remember him, Bill Hine from Triple H Barbecue, but not Andrew, you are not the <laughs> but not the American Royal Open winner. Good question, fair question, simple answer. I didn't ask him to be on the show, and that's that. I'm sure. If you really want to hear the recap from the American Royal Open winner, he'll be on any of these other barbecue shows that roll out. You can take a listen to him on whatever show that might be. You can get the full recap, and it'll be great. But you're not going to get him on this show. And that's why you didn't hear the American Royal Open winner. You only heard the American Royal Invitational winner. Jack in Virginia writing, Greg, the segment with Stephanie Lewis. Last week was awesome, getting some real insight on what these people look for when casting shows and how to go about doing your application was invaluable. Well, I was not really thinking about putting in an application, I think what she said during the segment changed my mind. Let us decide if it's too big for us or not, or too big for you or not, quote unquote. That really hit me, so I'm going to give it a try if I make it on the show. Can I be a guest to recap? Love the show. Regards, Jack. Jack, slow your roll. Let's not put the cart before the horse. Get on the show first. We can have further dialogue about if you are going to be on the show, my show, to talk about how you were on the other show, American Barbecue Showdown, for the second season. Deal, Jack? Deal? All right. Before we get to Ben... Let me talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they are fuel efficient. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that they can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks that are the thinner cuts. But what's missing in the everyday ceramic cooker? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both the professional and backyard cook. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? 
because it's round. Enter Primo Grill, the game-changing oval design you know all about. This shape gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire, also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits. Really, when you break it down, you can cook on this thing 60 different ways to Sunday, and that's just not a saying. You're only limited by your culinary imagination. We all know that the lift hinge has been revamped. We all know that the Primo Grill rotisserie was hotly anticipated, and it is also out now. I talked with uh, Nick Bauer, owner of Primo, just the other day. He said the pizza grill accessory is all done, except it's out at sea waiting to come in the port. Don't even get me started on that. So it will be here soon. It's all done. You just can't get it. Let me fish it. Oh, I'm bringing it back. How about that? Here's the bottom line. The best ceramics in the biz. Yes, patented technology. Of course, they're not ridiculous. True two-zone cooking capabilities. Yes, multiple sizes. Of course. If you just have to have a round one, they have that as well. But really, please consider the oval design. That's what it's all about. Primogrill.com to find a dealer near you or check them out on Facebook and Instagrams. Let's go get that Primo. Primogrill.com. Again, we are broadcasting on Clubhouse as well, and you're being recorded. And I'm going to try and mix you in. I don't see Chef Ben, so I might be mixing Clubhouse in very quickly. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them at 800-288-GURU with questions. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Look who's joining us. Here this evening from the windy city of Chicago, Bill Volpe, everybody. Real estate agent to these celebrities and stars over there in Chicago. Also happens to be my cousin. Uh-oh. Who knew it? <laughs> Family man. Successful entrepreneur. I think at one time city planner. I mean, that guy's done it all. Good for you, Bill. Can't wait to get out to the windy city. So we can reconnect for some RPM steakhouse type stuff. Let's do that. Is that possible? We'd love to do that. Waiting for Chef Ben Biebenroth to come in. So if anybody has a question in the, what is this thing called? Clubhouse? Then go ahead and raise your hand. Ask a question. Ben Biebenroth is working through some Wi-Fi issues. John will put you up, and then I will let you on here on the show. Remember, if you're in the clubhouse, I'm recording this, so if you make it up, you'll be on the podcast tomorrow or Thursday, depending on what hour you get on the show. 
That's great. Let's go to Clubhouse and Brian Hunt. Brian, what's your question? Hey, Greg, how's it going? Great. Thanks for coming in. Not too bad. Not too bad. Here myself. Uh, no problem. No problem. I, uh, I wanted to get your take on smoked cream cheese. Smoked cream cheese. All right. Well, I got uh, two words for you. Suck it. Funny enough, Brian. In the second hour, and maybe a little bit in the first hour, I'll be referencing smoked cream cheese. I mean, look, it's fun to talk about. It's fun for me to hate on. Do I really hate it? Nah, probably not. Am I really going to attempt to try it? Probably not. Mostly because it's not on my radar. And I don't think about it until I see it on Instagram again. And then I'm like, oh, that's smoked cream cheese. So have you done it, Brian? I have done it a couple it, of times now. It's it life changing. It's not life changing, but you know what? It, it makes for a good quick snack. And uh, we've done it two ways, sweet and savory. And I don't even have a favorite in between the two of those categories. All right. Well, Brian, thank you for weighing in on the grilled cream cheese. So you are a 100% assurity on the smoked cream cheese, correct? I'm, I'm not hating on the smoked cream All cheese. Right. And uh, I would suggest it to anyone who wants to try it. All right. Thank you for joining the fun clubhouse as we wait for Chef Ben Biebenroth to join us. Which should be any moment, according to him. Now, this, of course, really tightens up the interview portion of the show. Because we've burned through four or five minutes here. I appreciate Brian coming in. I detect a bit of a Canadian accent there, by the way. So, nice to know that Instagram fads are reaching through all sorts of not only states here nationally, but countries. As far away as right over the border from me here in Cleveland. Now, my first guest tonight made a tremendous debut as we talked about his farm located just outside of the downtown Cleveland area, doing some really nice high-end catering, also providing some very unique food experiences in their barn, which has been converted into a very nice dining room. Tonight, we're talking about one of my favorite topics and also... One of my favorite things to eat, pizza. Let's not waste any more time for crying out loud. Let's race to the hotline and welcome back to the show, Ben Biebenroth. Hey, Ben. Hey, man. How are you? I am doing well. Appreciate you uh, suffering through your Wi-Fi situation and coming back here on the show. I mean, you know, what I always say on the show is technology is great until technology doesn't work. And then all of a sudden technology becomes the worst thing ever. This is what happens. Are you there? You look frozen. Ben? And no Ben. Oh boy. This is turning into a doozy. I might have to go back to first takes. That rarely happens. Yeah, he's frozen. I'm just going to leave him up there so I can visually see him. I ducked his audio. In the meantime, if anybody else wants to jump in, you can do it on uh, something called Clubhouse. Austin Parsons saying uh, Ben is asleep. Uh, believe me, 
He is anything but asleep. Dan weighing in. Cleveland, the barbecue capital of the Corn Coast. All right. Like that? Corn Coast? That's not the worst fun I've ever heard made of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. That's for sure. As we wait for Ben to come back in, or at least make an attempt to talk about Boom's Pizza, we'll get a little more listener feedback. Uh, Jack in Ohio regarding Meathead's last appearance from a couple weeks ago. Greg, thank you for the great segment and talk about the stall with Meathead. As someone who was just getting into barbecue, I found the material to be very helpful. Admittedly, I was a bit frustrated. When this happened to me recently, and now I know what to expect next time. I have also an alternative way to cook my butt if I don't want to waste getting through the stall in normal fashion. Thank you to Meathead. Regards, Jack in Ohio. Thank you, Jack. I see him moving, so we'll go ahead and race back. Ben, you there? Dude, can you believe it? I mean... 13 years of live internet show you're damn right i can believe it also nothing ever surprises me so i appreciate you uh, struggling through it here as we go through let's see what we can fit in here over the next 12 minutes and i assume i'm gonna have to beg you to come back and do yet another segment on the show at some point down the road it's all part of my master strategy good job and it's executed (laughs) brilliantly i might add you know before we talk about booms pizza and uh, what you're into with that whole deal. Tell us a love story, if you will, that involves pie and Ben and when you fell in love with pizza. And <clears throat> Do you have a specific pizza memory that stands out? I know when folks eat their best steak ever or their best burger ever, it harkens them back to that place and that time. Do you have a specific pizza memory in that regard? Well, I mean, I threw a lot of pies when I was a kid. I worked at, you know, little joints like little caesars i worked at like a mark's fun time pizza palace which i was actually video games tech there you know odd jobs here and there but really uh when i i opened a macaroni grill at south park mall of all places in strongsville and i worked saute and wood-fired pizza and i was younger then i was like maybe 19 20 and man it was just really high energy a ton of ingredients and managing a fire and pies at the same time at that age, it was just, you know, it was corporate, but they had a program dialed in. They had a dough program dialed in. They had recipes that were like, they were throwing out some slamming pies. So yeah, I have some memories about just like that imprint of the pace of it and the fluency with the moves with how to shape dough, how to tend fire in the right spots, how to alternate hot spots and stay away from where the stone sucked all the energy. It was just such a cool process. I would figure at 19 years old, managing a fire and pies would be completely overwhelming. But I guess if you have the culinary bug, you you would see it more of a challenge as something that you're like, oh, my God, I'm completely overwhelmed. And you're burning pies. And now the chef yeah. is yelling at you and all that. You were probably way more. Yeah, it was mostly getter, right? fear. Yeah. yeah, mostly fear. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So there's plenty. So my uh, uh pizza moment that I always hearken back to and it's nothing like great but when I think about pizza or if somebody says when did you fall in love with pizza lived in upstate New York for a long time Saratoga Springs New York before we moved here to Cleveland this is where I ended up staying it was like a little corner store on the way back to my house from coming from downtown Saratoga called uh, Boppet's Pizza was the name of the place and it had like the big like chest of pizza drawers and it had the hood and 
it was, you know, now that I think about it, it was probably a little unsavory and not overly clean and sterile-ish, but a classic pizza joint. And that's where I go back to every single time, Boppet's Pizza in, in New York, uh, in Saratoga Springs in New York. And look, there's plenty of different styles that are going on right now. Growing up to me, it was a lot of pan style, maybe a little thinner, but nothing crazy. And now we have Neapolitan pies that are very popular at this point, whether you're in restaurants or even at home. There's deep dish, debatable if it's pizza or not. Detroit style is coming on hard. There's grilled pizza that's becoming more and more popular with uh, doughs being specifically made for the grill. Do you have a favorite style of pizza? Yeah, I mean, well, we've been doing a lot of grilled pizza for a long time out in the field, obviously. And uh, my partner, Steve Baker, and I at the Spice Field Kitchen, we do a grilled pizza class um, as part of our fundraising and with kids out you know, in the classrooms. It's a super fun summertime activity. And it's a totally different dough, man. Way, way, way low hired, lower hydration, you know, almost like a tavern style, Chicago style, like cracker crust sort of a dough. Um, we're actually rolling it out and grilling it, cooling it, then topping it and throwing it back on to mm-hmm. get that real crisp crust, you know. But yeah, what we're doing at Booms, totally different, totally different. So let's talk about that. How does the whole concept or genesis of booms pizza come to be are you having a conversation with somebody about your love of pizza and it's kismet with whoever you're talking to or is it something a little bit more strategic oh way more strategic uh it's the realities of labor and uh available ingredient um there's a lot of supply chain issues in food right now a lot of labor issues in food right now and we look for what's a vessel that we could stay true to our local roots our sustainable ag roots What's a vessel that we could depend on? And it's pizza crust. I mean, people love it. It's predictable. You know, once you get your crust dialed in in your dough program, pretty much put anything on there as long as you're not topping it too heavy and you're good to go. So, yeah, it, it makes sense from a business perspective. And it's where a lot of the market is going. So, you know, kind of sell what sells, man. It's almost 10% of all restaurant purchases in the country are pizza. So you want to sell some food? Sell it on a pizza crust. So is it just you or do you have some other partners or investors or somebody else involved? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, myself and Jonathan Bennett and, you know, the culinary team down at Spice headquarters. So we're still holding down the catering, holding down the Keep the Change Kitchen Collective, our ghost kitchen. And then uh, really leaning into booms. We're working on the lease for store one right now. And the dough is just taking a long time to dial in, man. I mean... You want to sell 40 of something, you could probably make a good pizza tonight. You want to sell 40,000 of them, you better have your shit together. Is it hard to do anything alone anymore? I remember growing up, it was always, this is Mr. So-and-so's restaurant, or this is Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so's restaurant. And now when I'm talking to folks, rarely am I finding somebody that is not only the owner, but they're the exec, and they're kind of running day-to-day operations. There's a class of investors or there's a bunch of partners, if you will. Is it still something that you can do these days or is it virtually impossible? I mean, I think that's where you, you walk the line between a lifestyle business and a scalable company. You know, um, do you want to work six and a half days a week, you know, and run a bistro and touch every plate? You can do that. 
Um, you want to have multiple locations of something, you have to have formulas and systems and processes and, and, and ways to measure that consistency and that quality. You still got to sleep at night and stand behind it, you know? So teaming up with like-minded people that offset my neurosis and crazy ideas with some planning and execution and analytics, man, that's, that's a tag team right there. You had talked about getting this dough program together. What's that look like for you? How are you coming up with something to start with and how many iterations are you going for? Or is it more of a, if we're trying to execute X pie, it's got to be this dough. And if we're going to try and execute this style of pie, then we have to go back to the drawing board for something completely different. Yeah. So, I mean, we started between, a, we were shooting for a Neo-Napolitan. So your wood-fired pies, those doughs are in the 70 to 72% hydration, right? Your New York style is going to be in the lower 60s, 61 to 64. We're walking the 67% hydration line with about 3% oil right now. Um, and then we want to develop flavor. So we start talking about pre-ferments. We've been doing about between 10% and 15% pre-ferment which is like a sour or a biga, right? Um, and then you start talking about how long does this dough ball last? How long is it viable? When's it perfect? When's it okay? Mm. When's it gassed out? When's it blown, right? And that's a lifespan because it's a ferment, right? So you have peak fermentation and then it's like, oh, I'm not really that into it anymore, right? So th this is like the, the science of four ingredients, Greg. <laughs> I mean, kind of like meat, salt, black pepper, and then smoke, right? It's yeah. like, it's infinite almost. Are you actively just stacking up balls just to see them and, and track their greatness to demise just to see how that works? And are you, are you consulting at all with who I would consider to be a fermenting guru and Jeremy Yamansky, also locally here in Cleveland from Larder? Uh, I'm not actually, you know, it's kind of funny. Jeremy and I, we see each other quite often and they're just two totally separate games. And depending on the oven you've got, I mean, once you start going down the dough ball rabbit hole, there's not much that can save you. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a dough ball rabbit hole. I mean, that's how naive I am, I guess. It's vast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now we're working with uh, a dough that's lasting right now really nice for two and a half, three days. It takes about two days to ripen. So we're making 40 dough balls on, on Tuesday with a pre-ferment of about 10%. That's getting used on Friday. And then we're throwing a few pies on Saturday just to mess with it. Throwing a few pies even Monday when we come back from a Sunday off. Like, oh, how's it holding up in the cooler, you know? And that's, that's the game right now. We really haven't even started mess with, messing with toppings too much. Although I will say we did a barbecue brisket pizza two weeks ago that beat the hell out of our Hawaiian pizza competition all really? day long. Okay. So, well, I'm, yeah. I can't believe I'm going to ask you this as we have you know about two and a half minutes left. By the way, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate this new technology that I found out about. If anybody's in Clubhouse right now and they have a pizza-related question, I have the expert. So get through John first, and then I'll bring you up before time elapses. You mentioned Hawaiian pizza. Now, as I had mentioned in the show open, which you probably didn't get to hear because you were fighting with Wi-Fi, I love all pizza, <laughs> any pizza, any time, even the worst pizza to me is pretty good pizza levels of awesomeness for sure. Are you a pineapple on pizza guy? I'm full on dude. Thank God. Thank God. There's two of us <laughs> out there and whoever you're, uh, you're partnering with, I'm sure had input on the thing. I've never he seen is anti. 
<laughs> he's an anti-pineappleite on pizza. Real. He is absolutely anti. Yeah, yeah. that here, was half the fun of the pineapple pizza. Here they come yeah. in the instant chat. No pineapple. Pineapple, no, no. way. Oh, Wait. yeah. It's sacrilege. Two fruits. What are you talking about? Why? Who would put fruit on a pizza? Why? Right? Like tomato sauce. Why, why is, would you do that? Why is pineapple the bastard of pizza? I've never seen such a division. Uh, I mean, it's almost <laughs> like telling somebody you boiled ribs. I mean, it's that divisive, right. but I can't, and it's delicious. <laughs> I love pineapple all the way. I'll just drink the juice. I'll eat it. I'll eat it and drink the juice. On pizza, it seems to be pretty good, especially when it's interacting with that uh, tomato sauce. So I love it. What are your thoughts on why it's so divisive? I don't know, man. I feel like it's a political statement nowadays, <laughs> except it has less population, less populous, right? No. Like it's, it's so polarizing. You're either for or against. There is no middle ground. No doubt about it. Um, so tell us about Booms, like when it's open and what I can expect from a menu kind of a thing, and then I'll let you run. Yeah, so we're doing right now, we're just doing 40 dough balls every Friday out of our kitchen over in Tillman on the west side of Cleveland. Um, and we're doing three whites, three reds just for now. Like I said, we're working on dough. We're not really messing with toppings that hard, but the pies are coming out good. Um Hopefully, we'll be open between February and May, I would say, is the goal. So, we got to get this deal inked on this lease, and then near west side, here we come. All right, uh, Chef Ben Biebenroth joining us here on the show. Let me give you some places to hit up before I turn them loose. Spiceacres.com is a website. Booms Pizza, plural, B-O-O-M-S, boomspizza.com. And then over on the Instagrams, at Spice Headquarters. And at Booms Pizza, give him a follow both places. The content's great, and the knowledge that he's passing along is incredible. And if you ever get over here to Cleveland, and it's going to be through a Friday, I mean, I will be happy to run over to Booms with you, and I'll treat pizza, and we'll see what uh, Chef Ben is up to. Ben, always appreciate the time. Sweet, man. Good to talk to you. You too. There he is. Chef Ben Biebenroth right there. Booms Pizza. Boomspizza.com is the website. And I think, oh, yeah, damn it. That kid's got volleyball on Friday, Seton Hill. Otherwise, it would be Pizza Friday at Boom's Pizza. I'll give it a try, and I'll report back. We'll have Ben on, talk a little bit more about Boom's, and then, of course, Ghost Kitchens, which I'm completely fascinated with, and how that concept is used for growth. Derek Riches is in the green room, and I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. We'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa is handpicked by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself, known for the championship rubs and seasonings. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit. And in the backyard, Big Papa's offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Also, the owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So aside from the rubs and seasonings, if you're looking for a new go-to sauce, give Granny's a try. I'll remind you why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place, because it's delicious. Good as a base sauce, good all by itself. Aside from the rubs and sauces, they're selling cookers, American-made. That's right. Check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker if you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use. Exclusive Mac dealer is Big Papa Smokers on the internet. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. 
Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them, 877-828-0727. Ask questions. They will point you in the right direction, and away you go. Shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, Smokers, Big Papa Smokers. Com. We are back with Derek Riches right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. If you would care to, you can try Amazon.com. But I know they're very busy out there churning products so you can fire your pellet-driven cookers. All right, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means? A visit from barbecue journalist, barbecue central show guest Hall of Famer, Derek Riches. By the way, we'll get into that in a second hour. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I am fabulous, and you are uncomfortably close to that microphone, which I appreciate. (laughs) Of course. Nobody understands it, but uh, yeah. I see yeah. also in tandem you are uh, oh wait oh you left I left clubhouse to come on to the show okay well, what do you think about that technology is that a do you think that's a potential winner there or is that just something I'm getting involved in that I should dump immediately I I have no idea I haven't been able to find anything on there I mean it's you find I, it to be a waste I, of time well, I find a lot of things to be a waste of time, but yes. I'd have to navigate it a little bit more before I'm like, oh, okay, there's, here's something I'm interested in. Are you not familiar with it before? Like, have you not been scoping I've, through the rooms here over the last number of months? I had it on my phone probably five, six months ago, and yeah. I took it off because it kept buzzing at me. So you set up the alerts, and now you couldn't yeah. figure out how to unalert yourself? Is that what you're saying? Well, I could. I just decided to, since I wasn't using it to just yeah. delete it anyway. Fair enough. I put it back on my phone a couple of days ago. Derek, you are on the forefront of social media trends, we all know. Have you partaken in what Brian had asked me in the show opener, actually when I was waiting for Ben, in the smoked cream cheese craze? Um, I have had the smoked cream cheese. Like yeah. recently um, during this whole revolution of smoked cream cheese? Uh, <clears throat> I did it about two, about a month or two ago. I mean, I've done it several times over, I don't know, several decade or so. Really? Um, yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, it's not terribly new. It just took off like crazy mass hysteria, I guess. Um, recently, um, yeah, I mean, it's... To me, it's it's good. It's fine. 
I got nothing against it. I know there's a lot of people like, oh, uh, I think it's just because it became so popular. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, this is a bad thing. But um, you want to put together an appy for a get together for like four bucks. There you go. (laughs) It's quick. It's easy. And it's cheap. So uh, that fits into kind of uh, the barbecue world as far as i'm concerned a lot of wheelhouses met there also if your friends or foodies as they're coming over they certainly would recognize that you've gone out of your way to produce one of the social media hot buttons of the day if they're coming over for a football game of any sort or whatever they're coming over for anyway uh, last month we talked about weber and traeger both going public is there Mm -hmm. anything from last month to this month that's changed that's worth mentioning uh, both companies issued second quarter earning statements. Weber made a little bit of money. Traeger lost some money. Um, Traeger lost money largely because they spent, I think, in the neighborhood of $40 million in marketing right before the IPO happened, hmm. which they probably won't do again. But uh, both stocks have been flat since they went public. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, despite the hype, there's not a lot going on there, really. Are you surprised that things have flattened out or was this pretty much what was going to be happening? I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised. I, I wasn't, uh, I thought the, you know, there was an attempt to push a lot of hype, particularly on the Traeger side. I mean, Traeger people were kind of quietly going behind the scenes and saying that trying to make a Traeger Peloton comparison. Um, they keep bringing it up and it's like, well, Peloton is a market caps out at what, $20 billion. I mean, it's ridiculously overpriced, uh, but you know, it, 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 to me, investments is just, it's stupid. Um, there's a lot of dumb behind it, but yeah, I'm not terribly surprised. I, I think that, uh, the, industry, the investors don't know what to really do with it or make of it, and neither company has really put forth anything that's that impressive. Uh, we're getting uh, $15.55 at close today. Uh, uh, what am I on? Uh, MSN is listing it as a buy for Weber at this point, and then yeah. uh, Traeger is closed at $22.56 a share. That's also... Mm-hmm being rated as a buy uh, a buy and then uh four out of five are saying strong buy so if you have oh yeah no yeah, there's get into it right there's a lot of buzz behind them i there was a, an article out last week about weber this is the lowest it will get now is the ground floor buy 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 and it dropped the point the next day so um I I do think that that more savvy investors are thinking that both companies are trying to capitalize on a COVID bump mm-hmm. and that next year may not look very good. And so they don't want to get stuck in that. I mean, we sold a lot of grills in the last year and a half. So how much more space is there? As well as the fact that... Um, there's a lot of cargo ships out in the Pacific right now, oh, and no I'm assuming that there are Traeger and Weber products on those cargo ships. There's a lot of stuff on those cargo ships that I yeah, need that have I'm nothing sure. to do with barbecue and grilling. Oh, you can believe that. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, it's uh, it's gone insane. And so uh, I, I think that from the, that standpoint, 
there's a little trepidation of jumping into a manufacturer that's so heavily dependent on imports. Uh, Derek Riches is joining us here on the show. DerekRiches.com is his website. If you are uh, listening in through Clubhouse, which I'm recording, you can raise your hand. John will bring you up on stage. You can ask Derek a question about the live fire industry that I'm sure he would be able to at least give you his opinion on, if not know the exact answer to. So as we wait to see if that actually happens. There's also the continuing Traeger and Green Mountain Grill lawsuit. Uh, any movement on that? Uh, we were supposed to have a court date in September. Yes. No court date has been set. I thought we were supposed uh, to have a resolution in September. No, we were supposed to go to trial. Oh, dear. In September. And no court date I has been set. The case is still on the Nevada dockets. Uh so I, you know, there's really nothing happening there. I, I think the trigger wants to kind of keep it a little bit quiet because they don't want the ne any negative PR at this point. But um, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes because this is. I think there's just been some continuances thrown in there that's just going to keep this dragging on. There's an outside shot, maybe better than outside shot, that I'm going to get Jeremy Andrus on the show at some point this year ish. Would you recommend me asking him about the lawsuit and why they went down GMG's throat instead of Pit Boss or basically any other pellet cooker company that has a Wi-Fi app and a and a or a Wi-Fi capability and app controller on it? You could ask. Would you encourage I that? Think, hey, why not? You know he 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 should be in a good mood. He did just pick up thirty million dollars, so. Um, I don't think he's going to give you any answers. Is, would he I be legally just, obligated to not say why yeah, they did it? I mean, just I just I, say, you know, I would love to tell you, I, but legally I can't. Yeah. You know, I can't comment on current existing mm, whatever, blah, 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 the litigation stuff. Um, and, you know, I mean, you get him on there. He's uh, he's pretty slick in interviews and stuff. And, uh, he'll you know, he, he'll keep it on uh, message as much as he can well we'll see if that actually comes to fruition i have some top men in the industry that are working to put that together uh last topic tonight or topics is i'm always fascinated with business i'm equally fascinated with internet business so for folks that plan to start a website or maybe they have a website and are looking to generate some kind of revenue through it Inevitably, you start hearing about things called affiliate marketing or mm -hmm. internet marketing, or of course, everybody races over to Amazon and signs up on that affiliate account so they can put those links in their posts and all that other stuff. In your experience, talking to people that maybe do it for a living, or maybe you've done some of it on your own websites, whatever the case may be, how successful could one be living like that? Uh, you can be very successful if you're in the right place. Um, there's been all of this hype about this and you know that you can, there's a bunch of shysters on the internet that'll sell you packages for $5,000, get you set up on a website to start doing affiliate marketing and you're going to make money while you sleep. Yes. Um, uh, you know, the Zig Ziglar's and the Tony Robbins never died. They just went online and you know, you two can be a millionaire. Uh, not going to happen, probably. I mean, that's the advice that I always give is uh, you. It 
it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of luck to get there. But if you're willing to do the work and if you have a passion for it, that's really where it separates. If you are passionate about what you're doing and you're driven and you can get in there and, and really kind of create the content that's going to draw the audience. Uh, yeah, you can be successful at it. And, you know, affiliate marketing, if you're in the right niche space, can be millions a year. Well, um, easy. Um, but a niche, you, know, you don't mean porn, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I really haven't specced porn for income potential. I don't think I'd do well. I mean, it seems to still know. be free on the internet from what I've been told. Well, yeah. I, you Who can knows? look into that if you want. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, as far as, you know, by niche, what I mean is just if you try to go too big of a topic, if you try to go too broad, then mm. you get bogged down in, in all of that. And you're going up against major media players who are also doing the exact same thing. Because, I mean, the New York Times does affiliate marketing. Um, every major media company out there capitalizes on this because it, at the very least, it's a way of picking up some extra cash, you know, uh, and it depends on, you know, on what kind of products you're looking at, what kind of stuff you're going to be selling. Uh, but you've got to look at it from the standpoint of this is, uh, it, it's a complex mixture of things. Um, if, if you're going to do business online, you, you have to go at it from multiple strategies and you've got to look at multiple ways of kind of generating revenue. I think there is a part that no one really seems to mention. And that would be, for instance, Google changes how it decides it's going to rank sites, which evidently it does maybe a couple times a year or at least a few times every few years. So maybe you were once or twice uh, on the top page and then all of a sudden Google has decided to change whatever their metric is, and now you're at the eighth return or the tenth return or below the scroll yeah. or whatever the hell they call it. Right. Um, likewise, Amazon decides to go from one commission percentage to a lower one, and they only give you a week's notice and letting you know that they're going to be cutting that, which I've heard from somebody very reliable that has happened to them. So these things tied together, you know, let's say. Amazon and Google decide to do the old one too. Not fortuitous for you, but that can be pretty devastating to a company that's making their money like that. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and when, if you happen to have a combination of, of events happening simultaneously, then you can go down 90% in a day. Um, you know, the Google search algorithm is one of the most horrible. I mean, awful, uh, uh, complex things in, in the world. It's, you know, people have speculated the damn thing is intelligent. Um, I argue it's about as stupid as you can get. I mean, uh, it's a fucked up piece of work, but it, and it's, and I'm angry with it because it has <laughs> screwed me over on so many occasions in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, it, that algorithm is modified on average twice a day. Oh, okay. There are major algorithmic changes three to four times a year. Um, they used to they used to kind of announce that they were going to happen, and it got so ugly. I mean, at one point, somebody actually went armed into Googleplex in San Francisco. So, um, 
<clears throat> they try to really kind of make it a lot quieter at this point because they can devastate a business because they decide that this tiny little fraction of this is going to get moved over to here and your website goes from number one in a hundred different keywords to nothing overnight and you know good business practice would say regardless of how much it's going to jack you there should be right. some kind of warning sign coming down through email or general notice or hidden on their blog or something that says hey well, we're just rolling out these changes. Nothing you can do about it, but just be forewarned. It seems otherwise like you, of course, somebody's going to be coming to the Googleplex pissed off looking to take vengeance mm -hmm. because all their money has gone oh, away yeah. literally overnight. They, the algorithm has been in operation for nearly 20 years. It has been continuously modified. I am of the opinion, and I've actually, I mean, I've known people that, have come out of Google or gone into Google or whatever. And just in conversations, I don't think they understand hundred percent how it works at this point. I think there's so much code in this thing, um, that, uh, they're not sure they have literally admitted at times that they've made some tink, they tinker around with a little bit and things have gone completely haywire. And so they've undone it. Hmm. But you know, when you're talking about good business practice, you have to look at Google like a hurricane. You can't predict it. You can get an idea that it's out there, but you can't say for certain that it's going to be your house that gets blown away. It is a force of nature in the online world. And when you consider that they're also YouTube and YouTube has its own algorithm. So if you are a YouTuber, if you're doing all of that stuff, you have to deal with the YouTube algorithm, which is its own thing. And Facebook operates by an algorithm. So does Instagram. Everybody so does, does TikTok. Right. So does Everybody the has these. Right. I'm sure you have complex algorithms running right now. That's right. Um, but, you know, that is the price of doing business. It's like, you know, you set up a restaurant on Main Street and you've got a great location and you're doing great. And the city comes along and says, you know what? We're going to tear up Main Street for six months and nobody's going to park in front of your joint there. So uh, that's kind of part of the deal. Mm. And, you know, as far as the affiliate stuff goes, and, and I just like to, you know, the newbies in this sort of stuff will bitch and moan. The people who've been at it for a long time will go, yeah, this just happens. You know, we live in a floodplain. That's basically the way you have to look at it. Right. Um, as far as the Amazon change in its compensation rates, I mean, you used to be able to pull 7% on Amazon on some items, you know, particularly big ticket items and stuff like that. That was great. You know, you're literally going, Hey, here's the thing. I'm putting a link to it and somebody buys it. I'm getting 7% of that. Uh, yeah, that was great. Um, them cutting it to between, you know, ranging anywhere from one to 3% sucked for a lot of people. I know that I, you know, I mean, you know, I'm in groups where people who do this sort of business still hang out and they were furious, but I just point out Walmart's one, Walmart's a 1%. Right. So, you know, you pair, sell a pair of socks on walmart.com. You got three cents headed your way. Oh, and they'll only pay it like a maximum cap out of 50 bucks. So you've got to earn that much money before they like send you a check. And then they charge you to send you a check. 
So you have to do direct deposit. Internet marketing, um, all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Uh, we're talking with Derek Riches. He's the fourth Tuesday of the month. Regular guest, anything you wanted to finish up with before I turn you loose there? Uh, well, just as far as the, you know, the Internet stuff goes, if you're not in it for the long haul, get out. There are other people who deserve to make money. If you're a get-rich-quick person, try Uber, something like that. Yeah. DoorDash is a good good venture for that you. Too. That's right. So DoorDash it up. Go that route. Uh, in the meantime, you can find Derek Riches over at DerekRiches.com and on the fourth Tuesday of the month in the first hour right here on this show. Derek, always appreciate the time, and we will see you in October. Yeah. See you Halloween-ish. All right. We'll do it. There he is. Derek Rich is right there. I agree. If you're not in it for the long haul or you don't realize that that internet can turn up and blow your knees off, it's going to be a harsh reality. All right. Before we come back to wrap up the first hour... I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. They design and build their products right here in the States, building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. It's the backbone of how the company was built. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family. They're honored to have a trusted place in your backyard. From pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smokers' name. Make no mistake... Yoder Smokers' flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and the team developed the cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that is rooted in their handmade products and defined the integrity of the core values. American-made quality, endless flavor, benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Where do you go? Yodersmokers.com. That's Yodersmokers.com. We're back to wrap the first hour. Maybe mix in a clubhouse call, so if you want to do that, Jump in and get on stage, and we'll be back right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And this portion being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro. Six different temperatures simultaneously can be measured. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both, and you buy it at fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. And you can have a Fireboard 2 or a Fireboard 2 Drive or a Fireboard 2 Pro. We thank Derek Riches for joining us last segment. You can find him at DerekRiches.com and on the fourth Tuesday in the first hour right here on this show every month, every year, every month, yes. We're also welcoming our friends over in the Clubhouse world where we are simulcasting the live show through Clubhouse. Figured out how to do that through a pal of mine named Jensen in a Clubhouse last Friday when I was giving a talk about how to make a great podcast. By the way... If you're interested in getting coaching on how to make a great podcast, I'm doing that now. Taking like uh, you know a, a few select persons, maybe four to ten of you. So if you're interested, you can hit me up on that. Talk to you about the coaching stuff. 
If you are in Clubhouse and listening, thank you. I will try and... uh, John's jumping off here as the second hour is getting ready to jump. So I will be trying to bring people up on stage to uh, get you to talk. But we'll figure it all out as we get ready to move to the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back.